Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys once again for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time and listening to us. I have a special guest, not that all my guests aren't special, but truthfully, I never involved myself in hyperbole. I hope you guys know that by now, but I wanted to introduce Delina Hoyer to you. She is a biblical counselor, and she is a woman that I have come to know not for a long time, but I, I have really come to respect her. She is a woman of great passion. She is also a woman who is a woman of great integrity. She has fascinating story, and she is she has been brought into the mission as an outside consultant for something that I feel passionate about. We have a whole mission that is that is dedicated to telling men about the gospel and women about the gospel. And we have 24 to 26 men sometimes on the property that we are discipling, that we are in the process of them coming through the rigors of drug and alcohol and other addictions too. We sometimes forget that addictions aren't just confined to illegal drugs or even legal drugs or alcohol, but there's a myriad of addictions that a person can fall to, and all of those addictions are foisted on us by the devil. And there's no other way to say it. These are evil things that come from the pit of hell, and we want people to be on that path that leads to God himself. And so, having said that, one of the passions that I've had, you remember— Years ago, we started the women's clothes closet. It's always been my desire to have a women's ministry as well. It's been kind of impossible. We bought the B Street building. We got shut down on that before I could ever get it up and running. But we're going to not try again. I think God has shut that door temporarily so that he could open a door and open a window that we can walk through in a new day, in a new way. And so I guess we probably weren't completely prepared for the women's, for for trying this before. So let me, before I, I get her to speak, which she's going to be far more interesting than I am, I want you to understand that the timing had to be right. Eileen at the mission, who is my development director, is also a woman of great passion when it comes to the homeless women, to the addicted women, to those women that need to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And so I brought uh, Delina in as that consultant. She's also working with some of the women as a pilot program, and then she's helping Eileen as well. And so we have a vision ahead of us that one day we will have a smaller version of the Union Gospel Mission dedicated to the recovery of women as well. And so, Delina, let's start by, first of all, you are the member of a healthy, well-balanced, Bible-believing church, I understand? 
I am. Thank you. Uh, Grace Bible Church of Fair Oaks. Good. And I understand, well, I know that it is a good, healthy, well-balanced Bible-believing church. I guess we should start by how did you even come to know about the Union Gospel Mission? Well, it was about nine years ago when I was a member of Elk Grove Bible Church and our group of uh, community group went to the mission to the um, to the evening service to to do the service and um, that's how I that's what I, how I learned about it by going with the group from our church. Now Elk Grove Bible is now Redeemer Bible. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. So. But you uh, you didn't stay connected to the mission at that juncture, right? No. Uh, we had come a few times, I think probably six or seven times. And by that time, I had moved to a new church. Okay. And, yeah, I hadn't been back until our church, our community group, uh, Grace Bible Church, um, we uh, went uh, a couple months ago, and we did the evening service there. Oh, nice, yeah. Yeah. And so then we had been praying that there would be somebody like you that would come along to help us with this whole situation with the homeless women. Mm -hmm. So how did you get connected in at that level? Well, um, it's always been on my heart. I've always had a heart for people with addictions because I myself have had a history of that. And... um, I could have been homeless. I mean, I was homeless temporarily. Um, so, yeah, it's near and dear to my heart. It always has been. Um, but I've been a secular counselor for 27 years because um, I didn't get saved till 2007. And um, when the Lord saved me in 2007, that's when I started learning about biblical counseling and start going to trainings and um, start working towards doing biblical counseling, which I have been doing for about six, seven years now. Now, um, that's mostly within the confines of your church, though, yes, right? Yes, uh-huh, yeah. And so, uh, funny enough, you and I, I didn't know you at the time, but you and I went to John MacArthur's uh, church down south when they had the biblical counseling uh, services for ACBC, right? Yes. The Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Yes, I was And there. so you know a couple of my chaplains, do you not? I do, yes. Uh, you know Jeremy, mm-hmm. and then you also know Victor, correct? Yes, and Eric. Oh, and you knew Eric before mm-hmm. this? Yes. Okay. And so did you guys, uh, they were down at a conference and you ran into them there? Yes. So I went to a conference in Kentucky for um, biblical counselors and a certificate for, uh, it's called a CAB uh, commissioning certificate that specializes in addictions biblically. So I went there because that's what I'm working towards, my biblical counseling uh, commissioning for addictions. And so my church sent me down to Kentucky, and lo and behold, uh, while I was there, I ran into Eric and Jeremy. And uh, they walked in the door, and they said, we were just talking about you. (laughs) And that's how we made the connection. And they said, hey, you know, 
were uh, talking about opening up a women's new life program at the mission. I was like, I, I mean, I have been dreaming about that for years, okay? Me too. Because as a secular counselor, and when the Lord saved me, and now I am a biblical counselor, I don't use my secular, I don't counsel secularly anymore because I don't believe in that. I believe what the Bible says. And so I was always uh, thinking about that, looking at places where maybe I could go work. I was even considering moving to another state because there was nothing here for women that was truly biblical counseling. You know, that brings up an interesting point. We move in the same circles, so we use words that probably— uh, maybe a lot of our, our listeners aren't familiar with. Mm -hmm. And one of those is they hear the word biblical counseling. Yeah. And I'm not sure they understand that we're not just talking about uh, preaching or teaching or Bible studies. We're talking about actual counseling, yes. but from the word of God, because we know that the Bible is sufficient for all our needs, mm -hmm. but it still doesn't mean that you can just pick it up, read it, and get the counseling you need. Sometimes you need biblically trained individuals mm -hmm. who are trained not just as Sunday school teachers or preachers yeah. or even evangelists, but actually trained in, in, that, uh, in the Bible mm -hmm. to counsel people through addictions. Through I think you have done some marriage counseling, too, or some mm -hmm. uh, yes. with some of the guys. No, not with guys. No, not I meant women. I yes. meant guys generally, oh. like that couple we talked about. Yes. That we're going to leave their names out. But yeah. So could you just kind of give a little overview of what biblical counseling uh, consists of? I'd be happy to. Um, well, 1 Corinthians 10 13 states that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. But God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with that temptation will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it, and that no matter how different or difficult your problem seems to be, um, God has the answer to that, right? And right. so, you know, just like there's preaching of the word, that's the public ministry, biblical counseling is the private ministry of the word. Yeah. And that is, we call that uh, intensive discipleship. Yep. And we are all called to do that. You know, one of the first things that you learn in biblical counseling training is that we're all called to be biblical counselors because we're all called to disciple, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and that is starting to come back more and more in the churches um, because, you know, there was a time where pastors were sending the people out to secular counselors. Yep, all and, the time. Yeah, and we know that that doesn't work, not for a Christian, because uh, secular theory does not match up with the Bible. That's right. Yeah. So in that same vein, and to your point, once upon a time, especially a hundred years ago, mm. pastors were the counselors. Yeah. Pastors were the ones that did uh, that would take married people together, would take single people together, would give them the advice gleaned from the Bible. And somewhere along the line, mm -hmm. pastors abrogated that responsibility and turned it over to secular psychologists. Right. 
And so the problem being is that you come from what perspective? You come from the biblical perspective as opposed for a worldview, correct? Correct, yes. And that makes a whole load of difference, does it not? It does, because what, uh, and I come from the secular world. Yes. I, I was trained. I am a licensed and certified addiction counselor, and I... Have, I read you got even an award for that. I did, and I believe that. I believe the the secular theory that addiction is a disease until the Lord saved me and opened my eyes and then I started learning, oh, what does God say this, the problem is, right? And so it is completely opposite. And so, yeah, it is God's truth. It's the Word of God. It's living and active. And it can, it can help us with any problem in our life as Christians, right? Of course, we're yeah. not going to counsel people who are not, if they're not a Christian, we're going to evangelize them, right? That's right. But the biblical counseling is not for a non-believer, because it's foolishness to them. It is. Um, so it is, we are talking about counseling Christians, that Christians who struggle with uh, addictions, with, with depression, with anxiety, with, you know, numerous different things, right? And I would say a lot of people, I would say probably 85% of people, women that come in the church that need counseling, they have some secular label, that right. they've been living with for years, that they're, you know, they're bipolar, they're ADHD, um, you know, and and coming alongside a sister and helping her to understand, well, what does God say is mm -hmm. going on, right? Mm -hmm. You do that very s slowly, gently, and uh, you teach them what God says in his word. You know, some of the people out there might be saying to themselves, okay, well, I just heard you say the disease model. And that's one of those words that we use in counseling uh, at the mission, mm. that there is a deep problem with the idea that everything that happens to you is a disease. And what's the, what's the danger of seeing your problem as just another disease? There's no hope, and there's there's no accountability, right? It's it is that I I have no hope. I'm gonna be this way for the rest of my life, right? And, and it's not my fault. Yeah, it's not my fault. And there's no accountability, right? Yeah. And but God's word <laughs> says something different. There is hope, right? And so just helping people to understand that. You know, new believers or people who've been in the church their whole life and have never heard that, yep. you know. And, you know, we, we never want to lose sight of the fact that even if a person has indulged in things they ought not do, mm. and they've gotten into drugs and alcohol, and there's been severe brain damage because of those things, mm -hmm. and if every time you take a drink, or especially if you overindulge, you kill literally millions of brain cells— and when you do drugs and alcohol all the time, you are doing supreme damage to your to your brain itself. Sure. However, having said that, does that mean that there is no hope for somebody who has been impaired because of alcohol and drugs? No, because the longer you're sober, 
your brain starts to heal itself and things start becoming more clearer. It takes time. Um, the brain is very resilient. Um, so, yeah, it is a process. And God it, is it, very powerful. Yes, and God is very powerful. Absolutely. And so the longer a person is abstinent, the clearer things become to them, right? And the right. Word of God, if they're born again, God's Word is going to penetrate their heart, and they are going to see things as God sees them. Yeah, you were saying that earlier where, you know, the, the Word of God says that it's sharper than a double-edged sword, sword or a yes. two-edged sword, yeah. and it's able to cleave between bone and marrow. And mm. I don't know if you realize, but it would be impossible to get the separation of bone and marrow completely, yeah. but God's Word is sharper than even that. Yeah, And so even though there may be some residual or vestiges of your addiction, mm -hmm. not you, but uh, somebody who has damaged themselves, yeah. may, they may never be exactly like they were, yeah. but that doesn't mean they can't function as one of God's children. Yes. And that's when sometimes I believe secular psychology will give up on a person, and that's just how it's going to be. They're going to be that way the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. Whereas biblical counselors, we cannot do that. We can never give up. And to your point, how long do you think it takes when you are counseling with somebody? You said that we only counsel those that are believers. And that is correct, because biblical counseling can only be done for believers. The Bible doesn't mean anything to the secular world. And God's Word doesn't mean anything. However, Sometimes you're going to get somebody who claims to be a believer. How long does it take you in counseling before you start to see through that veil? Well, I always say start out with 12 weeks at mm. a minimum, at a bare minimum. Um, usually four to six months. I counseled a woman for two years um, who struggled with addictions. And do you— you said evangelize, and I agree with that. What we need to do is when we first assess somebody and we figure out, uh-oh, this person I don't believe is a believer at all, Right. then instead of just saying, well, that's it, and throwing them out the door, what we want to do then is, just like we do at the mission, we want to use that as a mission field for evangelical outreach, correct? Yes. And so— what would the difference be? You're counseling them, and all of a sudden you realize this probably isn't a believer. Mm. What then do you do? Well, we open up the book of John, chapter 3. That's a good and place. That's, we start there, and I present the gospel to them. And I give them homework about who is God. Right. Um, and we meet every week. And I, you know, I, I think of one woman in particularly— who came into my office. She thought she was a believer and it didn't take long to figure out that she wasn't. And, um, she is now that was, Oh, seven years ago. She is, you would never recognize this woman. She's a completely different woman, you know? And, well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. We need to give them the gospel, and the gospel is so unclear in many churches mm. that sometimes people have the false idea that they are have been delivered, yes. and they haven't. Right. 
And it's, it's pretty obvious sometimes. Sometimes they have a lot of biblical knowledge. Big difference between walking in the Spirit and, vi- and biblical knowledge. Yeah. So uh, what we want to try to discern is and let them know that there is another way. And I think that one of the clear spots are that we need to understand ourselves. One, what is the problem, right? Yes. Just like in the little book, what is the gospel? What is the problem? The problem is that you, I, and all of you listening to my voice right now have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have offended a holy, righteous God. Mm. And then the second thing that we need to realize along that is what happens now? We're all condemned to hell, are we not? Mm -hmm. But now God in his infinite mercy, his infinite wisdom, has not just overlooked our sins, correct? Correct. But he has paid the price himself through his son, Jesus Christ, who paid the price that those who will believe can find eternal peace with him. And so we are reconciled to God, right? Yes. So now the next part is how do we get that? How, what's that happen? How does that happen? Mm-hmm. Happens only through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then we need to understand how to be a part of that, how to, ac- uh, to uh, access that, that beautiful, wonderful forgiveness that God gives us. Mm. And we do that by coming in repentance and faith to his son. And so once we have done that, God does an amazing thing, does he not? He He not only forgives us, wraps his arm around us, Mm. but he takes Jesus, his his righteousness, and he imputes it. And that means to give it to us, to cover us with his own righteousness, that we can stand before a holy God, right? Amen. So we have two minutes left, and I would like you to stay for the next so you could do one more show with me. Okay. Because, uh, But is there anything particular that you would like to say to our folks? I would. I would uh, like to say that there is a great need in this city for a facility for women who are Amen. on the streets to be in where they they can have safety and they could get clarity of mind and Amen. get biblical counseling. There is such a need for that that I know that God can provide that, and I know that God wants to do that, And but it takes other people to get involved and to have that passion to want to help people who are who are lost that are hopeless but that there is always hope and that if we have this facility that women can come to and stay for a period of time to get the help they need that we can make such a huge difference in this city I absolutely agree with you and we're going to move forward step by step to get this accomplished in the in Sacramento. And we're not doing it so the Union Gospel Mission can get bigger. No. We're doing it because there is a need here and it has to start somewhere. And I don't know of too many facilities that are completely biblically based that are going to reach out to not just homeless men, 
but to women. And so, my dear friends, please come back, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.